la primera fecha son cuatro días. Egipto. Comienza el bombo 3. Toca bien a, a Rusia, ¿no? Welcome to the latest edition of the Kingfoot podcast. Um, as I'm sure all of you are aware, the World Cup draw took place on Friday in Moscow and Egypt have been given, well, some people have been, been saying a star-studded group, some people have been saying quite a favourable group, but um, they've found themselves alongside the hosts, Russia, local rivals, Saudi Arabia and Uruguay, who I guess a lot of people would consider the favourites from the group. I'm joined today with Omar Morsi. Hey, uh, it's good to be here. And I'm your stand-in host for today, Luke McBride. So, Omar, what's your um, what's your thoughts on the group? I was expecting uh, a tougher group. I was expecting at least one top team, either one of the many in pot one or maybe Spain from pot two. Uh, Uruguay are a good team, but they're they're not exactly what I imagined our top team in the group would be. And as for Russia. They're the worst-ranked team in the tournament, but um, they have home advantage, and so that might go a long way for them. And Saudi Arabia, you, you should never underestimate the so-called smaller teams in the group because they can shock you. But overall, it's favorable for me. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, like you say, it's worth remembering that Russia, they are put one, but they are the lowest-ranked team in the tournament. Um, at the same time... Um, the rankings, you can't necessarily look too much into it, just on the basis that, especially when a team's hosting a tournament, they haven't played any competitive games in, well, since the Euros now, which is uh, about a year and a half ago. So that definitely doesn't help them. But, um, yeah, like you say, Saudi Arabia, I mean, from what I've seen of them, they seem to have... I mean, they're obviously not the strongest team, but they've got quite a lot of quite fast players and some fairly technical players, so they could definitely cause some teams problems. And uh, Uruguay, I'm quite a big... I'm quite a big fan of Uruguay myself. So, um, yeah, I've been following a lot of their players recently. And um, I'd be cautious about facing them. But at the same time, they've um, had a bit of a reputation in recent years for sort of underperforming, you could say, against teams when they should be the favourites. Um, so who are you in particular looking forward to? To like What specific players are you looking forward to seeing uh, against Egypt? Well, obviously, if we're talking about our opening game against Uruguay, then they have two of the best uh, strikers in the world right now, uh, Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani. Suarez is having a poor season by his standards, but if you underestimate him, then it's at your own peril. Uh, Cavani is scoring for fun with PSG. Um, we still haven't really seen him against tougher opposition in Europe, but he looks to be in really good form. And as for Russia, like I said, they haven't been too impressive. Like you said, they haven't played uh, many competitive games, which may have affected them in terms of ranking and how uh, how well their players are uh, uh, playing in the friendly games they have, given that there's nothing at stake. But for me, the, the biggest player on the team is arguably their goalkeeper, Igor Akinfeev, who has 
at times is prone to making some mistakes, but overall, um, I've I've always considered them to be a solid goalkeeper. And as for Saudi Arabia, like you said, they have several technical and quick players, and they've actually been, I'd say, they're they're a stronger team overall than uh, Russia are. But the loss of coach uh, Bert van Marwijk uh, and subsequent firing of their other coach uh, Eduardo Bauza uh, just really soon after he he was appointed it's going to affect them and the fact that Russia also has home advantage has me seeing uh, Saudi Arabia as the weakest team in the group yeah I definitely agree with that I mean Russia they've got um, some players who are definitely quite skillful like Fyodor Smolov um, Golovin I think his name is from CSKA Moscow as well he's been very impressive whenever I've seen him but on the whole, I mean, there seems to be a bit of a sort of changing of the guard for Russia recently. I'm English. I've seen Russia in quite a lot of European tournaments, in particular in the last 10 years or so. They've always had the same um, defence, like, as long as I can remember, in their best team in 2008, really. They had um, Ignashevich and Berezutsky in defence. And from what I can tell, I think Ignashevich has retired internationally now, and Berezutsky doesn't seem to be in the uh, national team at the moment. So it would definitely be interesting to see how they um, how they adjust to that. They've also um, naturalised a few Brazilian players. So there's Mario Fernandes from CSKA Moscow and Guilherme, who they both play in the Russian league, obviously. There is, in that case, a possibility of language barriers, I guess. They could be a dangerous team. I mean, you can never write off the hosts. Um, there's only been one tournament before where the hosts have gone out in the group, which is South Africa. And, yeah, I mean, last year at the Euros, for example, Russia, they did actually get a draw against England, which was a very frustrating game to watch if, if you were English. Uruguay, like you said, Suarez has definitely not been in the best form. But um, I remember when, like I say again about England, faced them in the 2014 World Cup and Suarez was literally in a wheelchair a week before they faced England and then he single-handedly knocked us out of the tournament. <laughs> so, yeah, never, absolutely never write Suarez off. Um, so what do you think Egypt's chances are of progressing? Obviously for me, Uruguay are favourites to win the group. So um, I don't think Egypt, for me, I don't see them as having, having a realistic chance of finishing first. Other than that, I think second place is going to be a two-way battle between Egypt and Russia. And going back to Russia, um, I think one of the factors that will actually help them at the tournament is the fact that the majority of their national team actually plays in the Russian league, which mm. really helps when it comes to chemistry and understanding. We've seen um, back when, for example, just a close example, when the Egypt national team had uh, a solid core of Al-Ahli and Zamaat players almost a decade ago, uh, there was a huge understanding between the players. You always knew how your teammate was going to move, how they how they think on the field. And so I think that that is going to help them regardless of the quality of the league right now. Um, yeah, the, yeah, I was going to say the other factor, sorry. Um, Russia, they're the only team in the group which is a cold country. And I mean, I'm not sure exactly how hot it will be in the summer, but um, it's surely going to help. I mean, Uruguay is not the hottest country, but Saudi Arabia and Egypt in particular, it'll be interesting to see how the players adapt to playing in the cold, especially in, in the northern parts particular of Russia. I think for the most part, the weather won't be too bad. So, yeah, as long as it's in, if we're talking um, mid-20s or so, or maybe 
high teens. I don't think the players will be affected that much. But if 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 the weather does get cold, then yeah, Russia will have an advantage. Yeah, I've just had a look, and Egypt's game against Russia actually is in St. Petersburg, which is more or less, I think it might be the most northernmost um, city in this one of the host cities for the tournament. So yeah, that would definitely be interesting. Um, the other um, potentially interesting thing with Egypt's draw is the group next to them, because obviously if Egypt's do get through, then, well, the group directly next to them, if Egypt comes second, obviously they'll face the group winner. If they come first, they'll face the team that comes second in Group B. Um, and Group B comprises Portugal, Spain, Morocco and Iran. The heavy favourites from that group will be Portugal and Spain, but can you see Morocco or Iran pulling off an upset? This might be an unpopular opinion, but um, given Morocco's, the, the quality of their manager, who's proven himself at several national teams, and the strength of their defence, I can, I can easily see them shutting out uh, Portugal and probably maybe Spain. Um, they might not score too much, but I think they'll they'll defend really well, knock Portugal out and go in second. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously a lot of people will point to the fact that Portugal won the Euros last year, but um, it's worth remembering they did actually only finish third in that group. Uh, they didn't actually win a game, and I mean it wasn't the hardest group either. They had Iceland, Hungary, and Austria from my memory. Similar to what you were saying, Iran, they, I think, in their 10 qualifying games, I think they didn't concede until the final game. And also their manager, Carlos Queiroz, he used to manage Portugal, so he should know some, he should be familiar with quite a few of their squads. And they could potentially get a good result. Yeah, I think, I think in general, it's going to be a low scoring group because everyone's going to be very cautious against their opponents. And yeah, I don't think too many goals are going to be scored there. It's going to be very intense, many tac- tactical battles. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. With um, Portugal as well, um, so if you're saying, I'm, well, I'm assuming based on what you're saying, you think Spain are likely to top the group? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, given their current form, yeah, I, I would say Spain are favourites. So from your predictions then, if you're saying Egypt will come second and Spain will top the group, that would set up in the round of 16, Egypt against Spain? Yeah, uh, if Egypt do manage to qualify, and if they do it, I, I don't think they have much chances of finishing first unless Uruguay have a shocker of a tournament or the opposite, or Egypt have uh, a breakout performance. Then they're probably going to finish second if they do qualify. And yeah, I, I, I don't think even the current Egypt side, even with their... Uh, solid defence and their uh, lack of goals conceded, I don't think they can hold off Spain when they're in form like they showed over the past, past few games. On the flip side to that, Spain, they did definitely qualify like very impressively for this tournament, but there were a couple of games where they didn't win completely comfortably uh, against, you could say, weaker teams. Well, I'd definitely say weaker teams than Egypt, at least, anyway. So they um, they were away for both of these games, but they only beat Macedonia and Israel by one goal. Israel was quite recent as well. Um, granted, they do rotate quite a lot for these sort of games, as you can imagine. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility. The thing that I think Egypt should definitely look to for inspiration is from the last World Cup, Costa Rica. They seem to, from just my analysis of both teams, they seem to have quite a lot of similarities. So Costa Rica last time, they played very defensively um, and they used one or two pacey technical players in attack to use as outlets through the whole thing. So I think they played five at the back and 
I guess their equivalent to Salah would be someone like um, Joel Campbell. But yeah. they've also got, yeah, I mean, Brian Ruiz is, in, in the time he's been in Holland, um, Portugal, England, so he's never been known for his work rate. So he's definitely comparable to, I guess you could say, someone like Abdel El Said. Um, it, it can definitely work out with those sort of players. I mean, they, they were entertaining. They they got they got a draw against Netherlands, who were arguably, well, in the time that they were in the tournament, Netherlands were arguably the most impressive team in the tournament. So, yeah, there's definitely some inspiration they can look to there. Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of the World Cup. Um, if you play well, if you take your chances, if you uh, successfully shut out the opposition, especially if they're not having their best days, then um, you never know what the final result is going to be. Uh, there have been so many upsets, so many shocks that uh, you should expect everything. And if uh, Spain show any kind of complacency, and we're, we're assuming that Egypt is going to qualify and face them. But if, in, in the case of that scenario, and maybe we can apply the same to Egypt versus Uruguay. If Uruguay get complacent, then Egypt could very well make them pay, uh, especially that they have uh, a world-class player up top that can uh, capitalize on any uh, lapses in uh, defensive judgment. Off the top of my head, aside from possibly Ronaldo, <clears throat> I'm not sure if there's even any players in the whole tournament that have a better strike rate than Salah. Maybe Neymar, actually. But, um, yeah, he's definitely going to be a huge danger to those teams, especially, like I say, Russia. They're not the, the well, they're not known for being the fastest team, especially at the back. Uruguay, they've got, um, in defence, well, they normally play with Godin, uh, Jimenez or uh, Cuartes. And, well, Jimenez is, is definitely quite fast, but the other two, they're not definitely not the fastest. Yeah, so, they're known yeah. for their speed. Yeah, Salah can definitely cause a lot of problems for those teams. Um, I'd like to touch on um, the other African teams that have qualified. So what do you make of Nigeria's group with um, Argentina, Iceland and Croatia? Well, apart from the never-ending uh, link between Argentina and Nigeria in World Cup <laughs> group stages, um, I think it's actually not uh, a bad group for them. If if they show up, if the Nigeria that has been playing over for the past few Months. If that side shows up, then I don't see any any reason why they can't qualify in second. And maybe if Argentina continue their World Cup qualifying form, then there could be a chance to even finish first in the group. Yeah, I personally, I mean, this World Cup is quite unique in the sense there's not really a specific group of death this time. But if I had to pick one, I'd possibly pick that group just because the race for second is incredibly close between Iceland, Croatia and Nigeria. I mean, you'd think Croatia would be the favourites over Iceland, but they were in the same qualifying group um, and Iceland actually finished above them. Uh, Nigeria, obviously, they beat Argentina a few weeks ago. Uh, They looked quite impressive then. Argentina even, they can be prone to a lot of like poor results as we saw in qualifying, like you said. Yeah, that's that group. Um the other the well the next one with an African team would be um Tunisia with um Belgium, Panama and England. What's your take on that one? Yeah, see again, this is uh for me this is uh, a bit similar to group B where you have two uh European teams that everyone thinks are gonna qualify followed by an African team and a team that is seemingly an outsider. 
So for me, Belgium are the equivalent of Group B is Spain. I think they're going to go through. I don't think they're going to have many problems. Their their starting eleven is incredible, and they have some really good substitutes to bring on as well. Uh, I think the battle for second is going to be between England and Tunisia. Um, I'm not sure who's going to come out. Fortunately for us, we'll we'll be able to uh, uh, get some insight uh, and gain a clearer idea of who that'll be because they play each other in the first game uh, in that group. So it's it's going to be a tight battle for for second, I, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally don't know anything about Panama aside from the fact that um, in the World Cup qualifying in North America and the Gold Cups, they've always been the team that's sort of nearly there, but not quite. Um, they, they never quite finish it off. I've, I've, I think I've seen them play maybe once before. And um, yeah, they seem to be like a sort of downgraded version, you could say, of Costa Rica. So I guess it's put that there is obviously the magic of the World Cup, like you say. Um, they could definitely cause a problem. But um, Tunisia and England, it's a tough one because a lot of people, a lot of the media in England have been talking about um, the 1998 World Cup. So England's opening game in that game was actually against Tunisia as well, where we won 2-0. But then at the same time, back then we had Scholes and Shearer to score. And yeah, now we've got like Jake Livermore. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not. I, I'm not entirely confident, but England have been getting some decent performances in the last two friendlies, especially defensively. So Southgate seems to be intent to play a back three of, well, in the recent friendlies, the back three that he used was um, Joe Gomez, John Stones and Harry Maguire which seemed really effective. I'm not sure if that'll be the one that they line up with. But, um, I mean, the main problem for England could be, and this definitely cost, cost us at the Euros last year, was um, <clears throat> when we play against um, players that people aren't, or the players aren't entirely familiar with, um, they seem to just not really have a clear game plan a lot of the time, which, I mean, Belgium that won't be a problem for, but Panama and Tunisia in particular... No one in the country, apart from Tunisians and other people that follow African football, have heard of Lotham Sakni, and he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, that's true. And actually, the majority of the uh, Tunisian squad is uh, playing, actually playing in um, in their uh, local league. So yeah, it's. I don't think. I, I think uh, the English media are going to be surprised by. A few of these players because they have a lot of technically excellent players. Um, I also think um, this again might be an unpopular opinion, but since Nabil Malul has taken over as Tunisia manager, I think in that period, just that period alone, I think they've actually been the best team in Africa. So they can definitely, uh, well, as we saw with Egypt when they faced them um, a few months ago, they can definitely uh, cause problems for anyone. That's mainly the reason why I think they're going to push England for for a second places because over, ever since uh, the managerial switch they've, they've been really good um, they put their uh, AFCON uh, disappointment behind them they beat Egypt convincingly they qualified um, without too much problems for the World mm-hmm. Cup so I, I think I'm, re- I'm really excited to see who's going to come out on top yeah. Also, um, Belgium. There's been the sort of, I guess, running joke for since they've had this golden generation that they've never really seemed to quite like click together, um, and it doesn't seem like it's really going to happen so much with Roberto Martinez. But um, they should. Def- they're definitely the strongest squad in the group. Yeah, that's true. Um, there, for me, for over the past three 
or so major international tournaments, they've been the, the biggest underachievers. The quality that they have at their disposal has been almost wasted by their uh, previous manager. And um, it's true that Robert, Roberto Martinez hasn't inspired too much confidence since coming on. Maybe we'll know more in the coming m- months, but in the end, I think at, at a certain point, when players are coming into their peak form, they'll they'll start to get good results, uh, regardless of who's at the helm. Since their team is, uh, I think most of their players are entering their peak years. Um, so then the last African team that we haven't mentioned is Senegal. Now their group on paper looks to be definitely one of the most interesting groups and probably between the top and the bottom teams it's the most even group I'd say with them, Poland, Colombia and Japan. So uh, what's your thoughts on Senegal's group? Yeah, for for me group, group H is almost definitely the only group that I could not give you a 100% sure prediction of which two teams are going through. Uh, any two of these four teams can make the round of 16 and while it's true that uh, you could argue that a couple of sides are stronger than the others, some have uh, more star players, but overall, uh, performance-wise, over the past period, I think this is going. This is going to be a very close group. And Senegal, we talk about Belgium always uh, underachieving. Senegal are obviously on a smaller scale, but at the same time, they've also been underachieving for a long time. They've had numerous star players in their squads over the past maybe a couple of decades and they haven't really made it count yeah definitely um i've heard uh, rumors I'm, I'm not sure if they've been confirmed or not that um kaita balde and um the manager Cisse have had uh, fallen out with each other and it looks like well a lot of people in like have been really excited about the prospect of seeing Mane and Kaita like in the attack together because that should on the counter attack that could, I mean any team would be terrified of that on the counter attack to be honest. Japan, this is something that I heard which I had no awareness of but it interested me quite a bit. Apparently the manager they've got, um, Halihodzic I believe it is, is um just because he is really intent on sticking to his philosophy, he's actually cut um I think it's Shinji Kagawa. Uh, Kaisuke Honda and Shinji Okazaki all from the squad just because they don't really seem to fit in with what he wants from his squad yeah and um, that's I think that's where they they can shock a few people I think he's using a, mostly uh, a team a squad mostly formed of players playing in the Japanese league which mm. like we've been saying is good for chemistry and uh, he's he's actually I, I really like uh, he's, uh, I think he was the one that led Algeria to the narrow defeat against Germany, correct? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big admirer of the man. I think, I think uh, Japan are gonna give a good account of themselves in the group. But uh, as for the two who could qualify, I, I really couldn't give you an answer because it's, it's so close for me. I'm very torn as well. Colombia, they. <laughs> The weird thing with them in qualifying, I was following the South American qualifying quite a lot, and they seem to sort of just, I don't know what the word is, like, I guess just sort of pass everyone by to qualify. They never seemed like the most impressive team. They never seemed like they were having a really bad run of form. But um, yeah, they, they sort of snuck in. They definitely aren't the team that they were at the last World Cup when they were pretty much everyone's second team, I guess, um, in 2014. Poland, they've been... Um, I think personally, and I am biased because I am part Polish, but they, to me, are the most underrated team in Europe. 
a lot of people have been, I guess, complaining with the FIFA ranking system that they actually ended up as a pot one team. But um, on form, it's hard to really argue with the fact that they deserve it. At the Euros, they were the only team that didn't lose a game. Um, they only ended up going out on penalties to Portugal. In qualifying, they won every game except for two, I think, uh, with one poor result against Denmark. But aside from that, it was more or less perfect. Um, They've got definitely a lot of, well, several like talented players. Lewandowski obviously goes without saying. Uh, Glick's a top defender. Krakowiak can perform really well. Uh, they could be a dark horse for the tournament. I'd I'd say Senegal, they have definitely got a very good chance of going through the group. If they can play to their strongest like, ability, which, like you say, has been a problem for them before. There's the possibility if Tunisia... Senegal, Tunisia and Senegal or Morocco and Egypt go through for the first time in history there could be um, two African teams facing each other in the World Cup which to my knowledge has never happened before Yeah, that would be very interesting The other one, the other matchup would actually not be too uh, unrealistic to imagine uh, if Senegal finished first and Tunisia second Definitely agree with that um, <clears throat> I can see uh, Senegal um at least within their group anyway, definitely taking a scalp and uh, make, getting a surprise win at least. I'd actually be very worried if England go through to face um, Senegal. In terms of the World Cup as a whole, who is, um, who's your prediction to win the tournament and uh, maybe who's going to be the star player and so on? Well, uh, I've been looking at the bracket and um, the way it's set up, if they both win their games, it's going to be Brazil-Germany in the final. Yeah, um, that would be yeah. really interesting after what happened last World Cup. Yeah, so it's going to be, um, it's obviously going to be a revenge mission for Brazil and for Germany. Yeah. They're they're going to have to show uh, an immense mental strength to get their second World Cup in a row because that's that's really really not an easy thing to do. For me, I, I'm, I'm going for Brazil just because it, it's it's almost impossible to win two World Cups in a row. I think that's only happened twice before with Italy in the 30s and Brazil in the 60s. Germany, to me anyway, I think they're actually stronger now than they were when they won the World Cup uh, four years ago or three years ago, at least in terms of depth. In the Confederations Cup, they didn't bring like Cruz, Boateng, Hummels, Neuer, or any of their main star players, you could say. And they seemed to beat everyone with ease, to be honest. It was it was incredibly impressive. Um, um, I guess it's a bold prediction, but um, I'm going to say Uruguay to win the World Cup. I think it's been very overdue that there's a surprise, I guess you could say, team to win the World Cup. In my lifetime, I can't think of a single one. Yeah, actually... If Uruguay were to do that, it would be a really refreshing, refreshing change. And um, but I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm a pessimist. Um, <laughs> I never, I can, I can predict an upset, but not a series of upsets. You know. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going with one of the obvious choices. Going into this, I'd say Brazil are probably the form team in the World Cup. Uh, since Tite's taken over, they've looked more or less unstoppable. Uh, He's got. They've got obviously amazing players: Neymar, Gabriel Jesus, uh, Thiago Silva. <clears throat> it wouldn't be a surprise if Brazil beat anyone. But then the same could be said for Germany, France, Spain. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it's quite open the the tournament as a whole compared to previous years. Anyway, I think I think there are going to be a few uh, interesting results, um, and uh, I'm 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 very optimistic ahead of this World Cup. Yeah, I think everyone uh, is going to be looking forward to seeing Egypt. Uh, I know I am. Uh, I think Egypt, to be honest, if they get 
maybe I guess you could say a lucky draw with who they get in the round of 16 if they go through obviously I think quarterfinals could could be possible uh, round of 16 should be the target though definitely yeah yeah I agree round of 16 should be the goal and if if for some reason they end up finishing first ahead of Uruguay then they might get uh, Morocco in the round of 16 that could be their ticket to the uh, quarterfinal although obviously as we know Morocco is a really good team yeah. Uh, final prediction. Who are you saying for top scorer in the tournament? Top scorer, I actually think Timo Werner from uh, Germany mm. is going to finish as top scorer. A lot of people obviously would probably go for maybe the likes of Neymar, uh, Ronaldo. But yeah, Werner, they've definitely got probably, well, arguably the best creative team behind him with like Draxler and Ozil and so on. Yeah. So yeah, and he's well. He should definitely be starting. Uh, they don't really seem to have a lot of depth up front, surprisingly. And who are you going for? I will go for Lewandowski. Um, it's oh, kind of hopeful, okay. but uh, I mean Poland's group. It, like I say, it is close, but it's not the highest quality group at the same time. Yeah, he scored. He was the top, he broke the record, I believe, actually for um, World Cup qualifying top scorers. Um, this year, he finished ahead of Ronaldo with by one goal. I think I think he got 16 or 15. Yeah, he's he's definitely a prolific striker. And if if the teams in that group, if they play open football and everyone's just going for goals, going for the win, then mm. yeah, he might have a real opportunity to rack up the goals before the knockout stages. Yeah, definitely, I agree. They're all quite attacking teams. So that brings to a close the Kingfoot podcast for um, covering the World Cup draw. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I really hope that you'll join us next time. Thanks and goodbye. <laughs>